0: A1 Custom car Care. Good morning and welcome. You've got Dustin Atwood and Sarah Myers here in studio. This show's about Sarah. Yeah, it is. We're gonna lay it out there. So so why is it about Sarah? What do you got going on over there?
1: I am going to have to be getting a new car here yep. in the future. Now, nothing is too deadly to my car right now. Right. It's still gonna run and it's gonna run for many miles. Mm-hmm. However, I have been informed that it's time to start looking, and my car is going to start going downhill as it gets older with age. And that mm-hmm. happens. It does. And it sucks. But I do have you to help me weed out the the terrible cars and the not-so-terrible cars.
0: Well, and hopefully, you know, you're going through a little bit. I don't want to say a, a, a you know, you're you're leveling up in life, if you will. So, you know, you've been a successful student. Um, you've been successful professionally, And you're moving to the country. Yes. Which is a big deal. I don't, you know, no, I'm not hating on city life. I've lived in town. You know, there's some cool things. You can be anywhere in 10 minutes and blah, blah, blah. But I like country living.
1: I do too. And
0: so not only are maybe it's a good time to make a transition, but, you know, capabilities is something that is always really important to me with whatever it is I'm driving. So you're in... What would it be considered a compact car or a mid-size? Probably a compact. Yeah, midsize. I think it's compact. Um, great fuel economy. So there's a lot of benefits to that. I don't mean that in any kind of a you know like oh it's just, just you know it's just a peasant's car. I'm not saying <laughs> that. You got an awesome little car. Fun to drive. Good fuel economy. It's been a great car for you, honestly. Mm-hmm. We haven't had any big issues with it. Um, but as you kind of change, you know, four wheel drive, you've expressed is going to be important. Uh, maybe moving to an SUV, sitting up a little bit, et cetera. So this is an opportunity. Hopefully it's not just all like, oh, man, i got to get a new car. There's some cool factors that come along and open some doors for you as well. So what are you kind of looking at so far? What's important to you?
1: So I want to give you my list kay. as a reminder. Number one, you had already mentioned it, is four-wheel drive.
0: Stealing your thunder on That
1: you? is very important to me because I'm in the country now and I wake up at 4.30 in yeah. the morning. So if there is snow and ice, that cannot stop me from getting to the station. That's right. Because somebody has got to get us on air. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if there's snow or ice or rain. We're kind of like the post office. That's right. <laughs> we got to be here regardless. Full sure. um Number two is good gas mileage. Mm-hmm. I do not want a vehicle that I'm going to have to be filling up. To Springfield and then on the way back. I want something that's going to last and it's going to, you know, really get me a good bang for my buck.
0: Good point. Good point.
1: The third thing is I really don't want a super over the top expensive vehicle. Mm -hmm. And this goes for new or pre owned. I really would like to keep it around the 15 to 18K range. And number four, which. Nick made fun of me. You didn't, which, thank you. Oh, yeah. I really want a red vehicle. I feel like if I'm going to pay $18,000 for a vehicle, I should at least get the color that I want. So, that is that. That is my little list. And let me tell you, I am having some struggles here.
0: Really? So, you've been looking.
1: I Yeah. So... I am in stage one where I'm looking online right. yeah, and I haven't went and looked at any vehicles on a lot yet. Mm-hmm. I haven't found any that I'm like, I really need to go see this in person yet. Uh, but I do have a little list of vehicles that I've come across that I do like. And believe it or not, I'm leaning more towards a truck.
0: Oh, a, this I, you is know, new.
1: I don't like SUVs. You don't? I don't like the way that they look. Tell me- and I know there's a lot of people out there that drive them and... That's, You're that is totally fine. <laughs> no, it's totally fine. I just, I don't like the style of them and I like the style of a truck. Oh
0: yeah. Yes. It's hard to be to pick up.
1: So this is the list of vehicles that I've really liked so far. Okay, I love, and I've mentioned this before, the Ford Bronco. I love the Ford Bronco. I love the old style ones. I like the newer ones. They have a little baby one that they've created. Mm -hmm. It's called the Dronco. I know that I had mentioned it to you before.
0: I need to do some more research. I think I said that last time.
1: It is the cutest thing. And it's capable, but it's a smaller Mm -hmm. kind of compact. I think it's adorable. (laughs) I also really like the newer model Ford Rangers. I like that they are a smaller truck, Mm -hmm. but they are just as capable and they have a little bit more room. Yeah. So I really do like that. I also like the Chevy Colorado. I like the way that they look and a lot of their functions that they have. And finally, I really enjoy the look. And the style of the Jeep Renegades. Okay. So that is my list. So I'm a little all over the place, but you're kind of seeing yeah. definitely a, a pattern there with, like, the trucks and the, kind of the square-body mm-hmm. vehicles.
0: So a lot of good points there. In that size or genre, if you will, of trucks, you still get a great ability of, of, of nimbleness, essentially, I drive typically either you know, a three-quarter ton or one-ton truck, so parking them around Springfield is a true <laughs> art.
1: I would, pro- I would like to see that.
0: Uh, you know, you have to master those skills, and I don't drive anything super late model. You know, a lot of the new ones have cameras everywhere, which is super-duper cool, um, but yeah, I've got to make sure that I can utilize my mirrors and plan. you you got to plan where this is going to be at, so... Um, the choices you have chose are going to be very similar to, you know, what you're used to with your car, which is super awesome. Um, a couple of those in there, I think, uh, mechanically I'm a little, I'm going to be a little bit of a party pooper on a couple of those. Um, and, and mainly because of some of the new technology, you know, I've, I've beat that like a dead horse for a long time. That when they put new things out there, essentially you as a consumer are beta testing some of that stuff. And so I really urge a lot of folks to buy the second or third or if if at best a fourth generation of technology. Um, it's no different than anything else we buy. In the beginning, you know, they figure out, oh, this works. And then as you go down the road a ways, all of a sudden you're like, eh, I'm starting to have a lot of problems with this thing. And I don't want that for you by far. Um, the Jeep Renegade, as much as I, um, you know, pick on Chrysler, I actually really like those. Oh, good. I do.
1: I like the fact that they don't have a lot of technology. Mm -hmm. I mentioned that in the previous show where I talked about getting a new vehicle, I don't like all of those fancy dashboard things that can distract you. I am a firm believer of you get in your vehicle for one purpose, and that is to drive you from point A yes. to point B, not to have 27 functions for yeah. your radio.
0: Well, and Jeep, as, as you know, forever has been very what I consider utilitarian. You know, you might see a high lift jack mounted on one, you know, big wheels and tires. You know, they're functional over fashion, which they're pretty stylish as well. I'm not saying that. Um, have you ever owned a Jeep or, or anything? I that... haven't,
1: but I do have friends that own them.
0: So have you been able to ride around with the doors off or any of the, you know, No, the but
1: that looks like so much fun.
0: So I've had many Jeeps over the years. I've had many, uh, I've had a few Broncos, many uh, old Chevy Blazers back in the day. Um, my Jeeps, being able to pull the doors off and put, you know, like a bikini top on it, you know, just to keep the sun off you is one of my favorite things about driving. Really? So definitely keep that in mind. That's a a something and I, I don't know that the pickups necessarily, you can pull the tops off. Maybe you can, but I know you can pull the doors off and that is so awesome. That's one of my, I, I had a Jeep when I was 16 to probably about 20. Um, and that, that's a whole second kind of cool, you know? that is a kind of puts you out there more like you were had a motorcycle or something. So that's a good um uh benefit for the Jeep. Now you mentioned Bronco. Uh same deal with the Broncos. You can pull the doors off of them. Oh. They actually and the one drawback to any Jeep I've ever owned when you take the doors off you're like the heck am I going to do with these things? And typically you leave them somewhere and you know things happen when things are sitting around etc etc it always rains when i take the doors (laughs) off every time we could be in the middle of a drought and you pull the doors on top off boom it's raining what bronco has done is they built a carrying holding kind of contraption that you can file the doors away in the back cargo oh that's cool so you have them all the time so you don't get trapped out and you have a freak you know rainstorm come up you can Put the doors back on it and keep going and not have to get all your, your stuff wet. Is
1: it difficult to take those doors no. on and off? Okay, so I could do it.
0: You can absolutely okay. do it. Yeah, it is piece of cake. And that is something that they have refined over the years. But typically there's a retention so the door won't open too far. Um, it's it's uh, typically a, just a nylon woven, almost like a paracord hmm. woven wire uh, or uh, rope, I guess. So it slides off of a peg and then the doors lift straight up. That's it. Oh, that's easy. I mean, boom, done. The top is a little bit more difficult on the older models. Um, And I guess I'm talking more about the Wranglers now. But um, they fold back now, which is crazy. They've made it super easy on those. Um, You know, I see a lot of Jeeps that people don't pull it off. And I'm just always like, man, I love having the top (laughs) off of a Jeep. But the Bronco did a great job. And I'm a huge Bronco fan the engine packages that they put on those are not a new engine platform, if you will um, they've been in many other vehicles, so they 've refined and worked a lot of the bugs out of those. I really like those, even the the jeep platform that you're talking about those engines have been in many vehicles they're actually uh, a lot of them were in their minivans um, so decent power decent fuel economy for both of those. Um, The cool thing that I like about the Bronco, and I'm going to feel like I'm a fanboy all of a sudden, is that you can almost like customize a lot of those as you order them. So if you want a more like in-town conservative model, you can do that. If you want one with like, I think, 31-inch tires and a little more off-road style, you can order that too. So we got plenty more, but we need to step into a break. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back. You've got Miss Sarah Myers in here. We're talking about her potential planned next vehicle. Yep. Which is a good spot to be in. I know I talk about this a lot, but, you know, at different points in time, I know I've been there. Maybe you have. You're not planning on needing a new vehicle, but all of a sudden something happens and then you're in a corner. Yeah. And I don't want you to be in that corner. Right now, we get to, you know, kind of like make sure... We're putting in the work on the front side. So, whatever you end up with, it's like, yeah, this thing's awesome.
1: Yeah, I feel pretty good about where I'm at right yeah. now. I'm in that process of figuring out what exactly I want. Mm-hmm. And I'm figuring out what price range I want. I can kind of wait. Yep. Hopefully, things will get a little bit better. I hope so. Definitely. I'm not too certain. I've been reading up on chip shortages and yep. backups and things like that. And. That's a little frustrating, but I do have that wiggle room where I don't have to have a new car today.
0: Thankfully, you bought your car before everything got crazy, so Mm -hmm. you did a good job getting a good fair deal on the front side. There's still a ton of value out there. That's still going to be a good car for somebody, and you're going to get a big or a good return on investment, so you didn't just, what I consider, throw that money away. You know, when you drive a car until the end and it goes to the scrapyard... You don't get but a couple hundred bucks. You have many thousands of dollars worth of value or investment, if you will, sitting there that's either going to go towards or offset the price of the new one. That puts you in a super awesome spot and you're not in a, um, I don't want to say desperate spot, but yeah, when you're walking, I got to have a car, you know, You're, you're miles and miles and miles from that. And this can hopefully be fun, hopefully. Do you enjoy doing your your research?
1: I'm having a little bit of fun so far, but I have run across some problems, though. Okay. So, like I had mentioned in the last segment, I have started my search by just looking online. Mm -hmm. And some things that I have run into is I've noticed that a lot of dealerships around the area... Have this quote on their website, which is, please call for price, Mm -hmm. which makes me feel uneasy. And I don't know if that is just because they are getting new inventory in from different areas or if they are like pending. I don't know what is going on with that, but I don't that immediately is like, "Mm, I don't want to call you for a price. So I just kind of move on.
0: Well, and under normal circumstances, I would say that that is kind of a red flag. But... Under this conditions, I think the market is fluctuating so fast right now, they almost can't publish it. You know, I drove by uh, um, several dealerships there in Republic. They, we got some great dealerships out there. Pentagor is top shelf. Um, but, you know, getting the inventory is a really, really struggle, new-wise. Um, their used department or their pre-owned department doing a heck of a job out there. Um, so definitely they're, they're being proactive and not just, you know, sitting on their hands. They're, they're going after to where they've got some offerings for us, but the new ones, I imagine every time they come in off a of transport, the price is going to change right now. yeah And you had mentioned the chips and semiconductors. Um, a lot of these manufacturers are actually going to stop production temporarily because they are just done building the cars and not being able to complete them because they don't have the chips and semiconductors. I believe
1: that Ford just did that and I think that they are doing that for like three weeks this
0: month. Ford and GM both I've heard and I imagine there's others out there.
1: Ford has one in Kansas City right?
0: I believe so. Okay then
1: yeah it was Ford.
0: I think there's a big Toyota or a Toyota manufacturer around that. Yeah. I think it's over in the Kansas side but um, they're out there as well and you know St. Louis has always had a bunch of them, Detroit. So these are big domestic uh, assembly plants, if you will. And I know for a fact there are many cars, trucks, vans, SUVs that are built and assembled that are sitting for now over a year because they cannot get the semiconductors. And I understand why they quit building them because if those cars sit and now they're a new car but they're two or three years old, you know there's not going to they're not going to be able to sell them for what the 2024 models are going to be sold for. So there's going to be some deals out there on those particular cars. Um so that may be in your favor. Yeah, if, that
1: does make me feel yeah. a little bit better cuz one of the problems that I've run across is everything is so damn expensive. Yes, it it is, is ridiculous. Now, I wanted to ask you a question sure. speaking of expenses. I came across this one vehicle that I actually kind of like mm-hmm. actually and It was listed at a local dealership for $38,500. This is pre-owned. It is a 2021 Ford Bronco Sport Big Bend 4x4. Mm It has 5,378 miles on it. And I'm like, that sounds awesome. I like that. But I thought, man, that price is really expensive. So I looked up the MSRP which is which I was kind of curious what does MSRP stand for it's manufacturer suggested retail, retail price. price. Yep. And so that specific vehicle is listed around 28,720. Mm-hmm. So I have a question about MSRP and dealerships. Yeah. How? Like how does that work?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so normally the goal is to get it as far under sticker price is, is kind of the right you know, the, the common term as you can get. And there's some great folks out there putting some information out there. There's and in particular a guy that works at a Chevy dealership. Uh, I think he's probably one of the lead salesmen or sales managers. And he had talked about a truck that uh they had the the window sticker still in, you know, that's a kind of a common thing. I've not bought a lot of new vehicles over the years, but if you do, a lot of people keep the window sticker. And this particular truck, I think, was a twenty seventeen uh three-quarter ton Chevy pickup. And it sold for thirty-nine or thirty-seven thousand dollars in you know, seventeen, say. Well, they had it back on the lot and it was selling for thirty-nine grand wow. that many years later and, and miles and use, etc. And it comes down to supply and demand. When the supply is high and there's cars everywhere, you can get them way under sticker. But right now, they're holding the line on sticker. And if not, going over sticker if it's a special edition or et cetera. Um, I know when the Hellcats came out, which is the um, the, the basically uh, manufactured race car that Dodge made. It's got a big... Awesome, high horsepower Hemi. I'm nerding out a little bit. Uh, I was able to see one of those in Springdale, Arkansas. They had one at the showroom, and they wanted fifteen grand over sticker. Wow. And because of the shortage right now, I've seen that locally. Um, some dealerships that had pickups that you couldn't get anywhere else, they were getting fifteen grand over sticker for them. So they don't make a lot of money at sticker price. I mean, there's not a ton of profit there. I believe that to be true. Uh, but they made a little bit of extra money on that one, yeah. for sure, for sure. So uh, the other part of that is is that kind of sets the bar on your financing. So if that MSRP or the estimated value of that vehicle is not good enough, you have to come up with the extra out of pocket. Really? Yeah. So say the MSRP on that truck's forty five grand. Um, they want fifteen grand over sticker. That has to be up front. And then you can finance the rest of it. How about that? How do you oh, like them apples? Yeah,
1: don't like that. No.
0: We're not gonna get you in that boat. You're not gonna bet that's things we gotta think about. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, you're paying interest the whole dang time. Yeah. So, you know, the the more you and and that's kind of my point about the, the vehicle you're driving now, you bought it before things went crazy. So you're um in the good because you, you made the money on the buying it side, not necessarily the selling it side. You don't have a ton of overinflated price in there, basically, is what we're talking about. Um, so your trade-in, whenever you decide to trade it in, is gonna it's gonna be a premium, which is awesome. Because and and you may or may not know this, whatever you sell this vehicle for or trade it in and you get credit for, that lowers the taxable amount on the vehicle you buy. So just for easy numbers, so you said twenty eight grand on that one. Let's just pretend. Mm-hmm. If you get 10 grand for yours, instead of paying tax on 28, you only pay it on 18. Okay. That is a huge deal. And a lot of folks don't or miss out on that to get that tax credit. And I feel like the old man that complains about taxes (laughs) all the time, but I just can't help it. The more and more and more that I end up paying in taxes, the more I'm like, holy cow, that's not fair. You're like my silent partner that doesn't do anything to help me but takes, you know, 10 or 40% of my money.
1: Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, I, I've i noticed that as an adult. Yeah.
0: As, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, it's Mace- not fun being an adult. No. Macy always, uh, which manages our Fort Street store, and you've known for a long time, she always tells me when I'm complaining about it, just be glad you don't get all the government that you pay for. That's true. And I was like, huh. The first time she ever said that, I was like, okay, I'll shut up over here. You're exactly <laughs> right. I don't want any more red tape than I already got, so... What do you think about all that? Is is this stressing you out, or is this helping, or what? That's Tell me. That's a little
1: mixture of both. Yeah. It, it definitely is. And that helped me with the, the MSRP thing, because mm-hmm. I was like, I don't really understand how that works, yeah. and I bet I'm not the only one. That's
0: kind of your starting point, from my point of view. Um, right now, they're, you know, back in the day, you know, pre all this craziness, that was where they started, and then you could get five, seven, ten thousand dollars 10000 below MSRP. Mm-hmm. Right now, if you don't want the car, they've got a list and they just go down to the next person that says, yep, I'll pay that. Boom. Done.
1: That's crazy. Yeah. For yeah. real. I have two other problems that okay. I'm running into and I will tell them to you and then we will have to take a break. Perfect. But one of them is I'm not exactly finding what I want mm-hmm. or it fits my list. Yep. So, you know, we've kind of mentioned that a little bit mm-hmm. and I'm also being encouraged encouraged to either buy or order online mm-hmm. and not a big fan of that either right. so we got to step into Kay. a break it makes me
0: take a welcome back, back. sarah you had two i guess concerning way. points before we went into the break
1: yeah so first off i'm not finding what i'm wanting or it doesn't necessarily fit my list yeah which you know we've kind of talked about with the the shortages and the the chips and things having to be moved across country yeah. to fit some demands versus others but I'm also being encouraged to buy slash order online whenever I go onto a dealer's website. And I don't necessarily feel comfortable about that. I am a very in-person. Yeah. I don't want to have to wait. I don't want to have to, you know, have to deal with transactions online. I am a I want to see you face to face kind of person. So don't feel good about that.
0: Well, and you can't test drive it. You can't feel exactly. it online. And, you know, it's one thing. Like, say, maybe you rented a car and you got to drive. it. I know you guys rented a car when you went across country a few months ago or maybe maybe even years ago now. Time (laughs) flies when you're having
1: fun. uh, It was a year.
0: And so you got to experience that vehicle. It'd be one thing maybe I could see ordering that. But ordering, like, a brand new something or other new model year, you know, maybe you don't like the way the seat sits. And I know maybe a lot of folks think that that's petty, but that's important. You know, if you don't fit the vehicle very well and it's not comfortable to drive for long you know periods of time, you're going to hate that and you're going to be stuck with it because you've, you know, hot, you know, financed the world on this thing. So I am not a order online kind of person either. We did a show a couple weeks ago on Carvana. There's some mm-hmm. good and pros and cons. Um, just do your homework. Um, the other thing with the demand right now is the art of the salesman is really kind of being you know, pushed away, and I've had some experiences with some great salesmen who really know that, hey, what are you going to use the vehicle for, you know, how many people are you towing, not towing, you know, just whatever fits your lifestyle. They want to make sure they put you in the right vehicle, not just the one that has the shiny rims that are super cool or whatever. And the need right now, they're pushing that, honestly, kind of like the self-checkout at the grocery stores, because they don't have to pay a person to do that. Or they pay less people to do that. And I intentionally go through the manned or womaned checkouts. Me too. Because, a, hey, I want some service here. Mm-hmm. Service, especially at, even at our shops. We haven't forgotten that that's, we're in a service industry. That's important. No matter what side of the world you're on. I don't, I don't want to go to a kiosk. And all of a sudden, just, you know, whatever falls out of the bottom of it, and I got to live with it. Maybe I know or I deal with somebody that is smarter than I am and knows that particular thing, the ins and outs of whatever it is, and they can help me with that process. That's what I'm looking for. And it sounds like that's kind of what you're after as well.
1: Yeah. Now, I had a question about sure. ordering online. Yeah. Say I found a vehicle and I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm so in love with this. I yep. have to order it today. Okay. How does that work with a trade-in? Because if you order something online, I would assume that you would have to put some kind of information about your Mm trade-in. Are they going to take it right away? Am I out of a vehicle for months? Am I going to get the same price? I've got a lot of questions here. Um, Am I going to get the same price for my trade-in as Mm -hmm. what was listed on day one versus day 300 of me waiting for my vehicle?
0: Great question. So if you let them take your trade-in, they will take it and they'll have it sold probably that day
1: that's crazy
0: if you keep your trade in and they know that you can sell that that's leverage and motivation for them to get you your car sooner oh okay so i absolutely would hold on to it i would have them kind of lock in the numbers you don't want them to have a surprise something Mm something fee on there lock in the numbers um i'd say for the next year to 18 months we're probably going to be in this boat price-wise, and availability-wise. And I'd say after that, at some point in time, we're all going to be flooded with these cars that haven't been able to be been manufactured. Uh, but for right now, if you come on to and there are still good deals out there. They're just far and few in between than they normally are. Um, but your car is very valuable and very sought after. That is probably one of the number one, I'm going to say, like, um searched or tried to acquire vehicles out there so a lot of interest in the car that you're driving right now as you go forward that will be a bargaining chip on whatever your next car is and use it as such so get top dollar um definitely use it to get your next car but as far as the waiting online i think was kind of the third part of that question Mm -hmm. Uh, everybody's going to be waiting right now. I know for a fact, I met with a gentleman that works with multiple different new car dealers last week here in Springfield. Um, One of them had a transport, had 11 vehicles on it before it was unloaded. 10 of those vehicles were sold. They were pre sold. They were the ordered online and wait for it to come in kind of thing. The 11th one, there was a list and they started and they usually make it maybe in the top three and somebody, uh, says, yes, I'll take that car before it makes it off the transport.
1: That is insane.
0: It is a crazy time to Ryan be in and the I, automotive industry. We
1: have a friend that I believe it was probably... The end of 2019. Wow. It was right when the Bronco was mm-hmm. announced, yep. and they went ahead and they pre-ordered mm-hmm. the vehicle, and they got all of the bells and whistles of it. And maybe it was 2020. I honestly don't remember. But needless to say, they are not driving it because they don't have it. Right. Then they don't know when they're going to get it.
0: Well, and and fortunately or unfortunately, beings that they're at least on the list. That's a very coveted spot to be on. And people lose interest and they'll say, nope, I don't want it. Um, But those vehicles, as you saw with that one, you know, even a year old and used, which that was lightly used, the one you were looking at, they're bringing the same price as what they sold for new. Yeah. So the depreciation, you know, the philosophy that you lose all this money the moment it drives off the lot right now ain't true it is holding its value and some of them are actually increasing in value cuz they're so scarce to get those vehicles. I mean, that's a big thing going on in the uh automotive world and I you know, I've heard some people talk about the used car market that essentially it'll it's going to start coming down, but I'm not forecasting that personally for at least a year if not a year and a half, before the used car market starts to kind of settle back down to where you're not overpaying for vehicles that, you know, sometimes have had a lot of neglect and then you're saddled with dealing with that neglect and that expense. Yeah,
1: that's kind of crummy too.
0: Well... So I'm on the other side. It is crummy. I don't want to downplay that. But I look for vehicles personally that are in that state.
1: Oh, you want to give them a little love? Yeah, I, <laughs> I
0: do. I like resurrecting them. And a lot of my you know buddies are like, why in the world? Because it truly is a resurrection at that point. You know, there's times where I'm tearing the engine completely down, fixing whatever flaw is there. I'm doing upholstery. I'm doing interior. But uh, those vehicles that I have done those you know, restoration projects, if you will. And it's not like old car restoration. They have been very sought after. And usually before I get them put back together, normally I'm building them for myself. You know, it's not like this is a retail thing. I'm not that, that's not what we do. Uh, You know, somebody's after them. Hey, when you get that done, I'm interested in it. I'm like, Hey, I'm kind of building this for me. You know, that's, people are looking for that kind of stuff. And so I'm not scared, uh I talk about the mileage on my vehicles quite often. My my diesel pickup, I told you guys I filled it up today and that about broke me. 125 bucks and Ugh. it didn't even fill it. Uh that's when the pump shut off, by the way. That was when they was like, nope, that's enough. If you want more, you gotta swipe the card again, and I ain't got time for that. So while I was driving away from the pump, it's got three hundred and forty nine thousand and eight hundred and some change miles on that truck.
1: Look at you go. Yeah.
0: And uh, I had a 24 foot gooseneck trailer with a car behind it, so it's uh, it's working for me. It's it's doing its job. Um, I've got an excursion. It's at 440, 440 thousand miles. That is insane. Yeah, uh, our, you know, I've got some gas. Uh, you know, those diesels go. Obviously, everybody knows for a little bit longer. I've had many gasoline engines over three hundred thousand and still doing well. Still valuable. That even when I sold them, I got a pretty good investment back out of them. Uh, so that's really kind of a cool place to be. You know, if you do spend thirty eight thousand on a lightly used Ford Bronco. With the right care, you know, two, three, 400,000 miles, you could still be rolling in that thing.
1: I would hope so after that price.
0: (laughs) My biggest fear is that somebody's going to run into me and I'm going to lose one of those vehicles at not any of my own fault, if that makes any sense. Because, you know, I've done so much care for those vehicles, you really can't replace them uh, in the condition that they're in. You know, a lot of them, like I said, have... Um, you know, been very well cared for and they're in better shape than a 100,000 mile, you know, truck or whatever.
1: You know, mileage used to be a thing that I was kind of concerned mm-hmm. about when I was looking at pre-owned vehicles yep. in the past. I still kind of like a vehicle that has sure. lower mileage, but I'm not as afraid of it as yeah. I used to be.
0: That's a fantastic point. You know, back in the day when I was a kid at 100,000 miles, the vehicles were garbage. They were worth nothing. But technology has gotten so much better, you know a is just nothing anymore. I see them in the shop all the time, two, three, four hundred thousand, not even blinking an eye. They're not even planning to get rid of them because they're still running and driving, and that's a big deal. You know they may cost three times what they used to, but if you get three times the life expectancy out of them, we're kind of at a at an impasse there, so the aviation industry's been this way forever. And they call it an airframe because you can literally keep these these bodies going for much longer than you can. So we need to step into a break. we got plenty more uh, pre-owned and new car discussion after this. Somebody with a We've well, right got Sarah Myers, Dustin Alwood, A1 Custom Car Care. Wrapping the show up with a nice little bow in a package. Miss Sarah, you looked and found some new, I'd say new models and trim packages on some new production coming down the pipe.
1: Yep, some of them are brand new, new, and some of them have just been announced. Okay, I'll start with the newest first.
0: So is this 2020? 2020...
1: This is going to be 2023, okay. the one that I'm mentioning. So here. we're
0: looking looking into the future.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, this is Fox News. Okay. 2023 Ford Ranger pickup teased in first official images. Uh-huh. So if you are a Ford Ranger fan, get excited because there is going to be a new model. Now they released these footages or i guess it's footage but screenshots here mm-hmm. for you and they did this like weird um camouflage so you can't necessarily see all of the bells and whistles on the outside they want to
0: hide as much as they can
1: but they did the off-road testing it looks like it went pretty well and it looks like it's going to be an actual bigger
0: size Mm -hmm. truck it's not quite a half ton but pretty doggone close and
1: it kind of looks like they've got some kind of like suspension bars or something in Uh the back too
0: i wonder if they went independent suspension in the rear that So, you know, we've all ridden in trucks and there's a significant ride difference versus a car or an SUV, but the new technology that they're being able to put into some of these trucks, it really allows them to ride, handle, and still be capable off-road and you really don't sacrifice that much. That's a pretty awesome um, setup that they continue to push and make that a more uh, gentleman's truck, if you will, or ladies' truck. That uh, they're still continuing. Um, I'm curious. So, you know the Platinum package on the Fords? It has massaging seats.
1: Ooh, fancy.
0: It is very fancy. And I wonder if you won't be able... As far as I know, you haven't been able to get that in the Ranger. But I hope that comes down the pipe. Now, I've talked about this with many folks out there. And they're like, why in the world do I need massaging seats?
1: (laughs) I'm that person.
0: (laughs) I get that. And... I really, it may be because I'm getting older, whatever, but like when I'm on a long road trip, my butt falls asleep and I'm like, man, that would be super nice to have massaging seats. I feel like
1: if I had massaging seats, I would fall asleep.
0: Well, that's a good point. Yeah. That is a good point. Now it, Let's it, not have that.
1: I agree. Um, so it mentioned something about both super cab and super crew body styles. Mm-hmm. So
0: Have you noticed it's almost, uh, it, it's a rarity to see a regular cab truck of any kind anymore? I like have you. noticed
1: that. It's either really, really kind of small, mm-hmm. which I think is kind of funny for a, a truck. Yeah. Because I'm like, man, that truck bed almost looks like I couldn't fit my queen size bed in yeah. it if I was going to use it to move. Mm-hmm. Let me see what else it says about it. Oh, the new Ranger will be fully unveiled later this year and will go on sale sometime during 2022.
0: So I guess we'll have to hide and watch and see availability of that stuff. You know, it's super cool to talk about and think about. And I'm glad they're continuing to work on that stuff. But if you can't buy it, it's kind of almost like a big tease. You know, it's like, hey, this is super cool, but you can't have one. (laughs) I mean, it's like, really? Come on now. Now, did you see, not to interrupt, I apologize That's okay. for that, Miss Sarah. Did you see them unveil the, the uh, all-electric F-150 a couple months ago?
1: Mm, yes and no. I saw where they were doing it, yep. but I didn't actually watch the unveiling.
0: So kind of random, and this is a little bit, and we'll get back to your topic, but it's got a truck bed. They did all the electric stuff kind of underneath in the frame area. And so when you open the hood, it's a trunk. Oh. There's no engine in there and they had all this extra space because of a traditional truck design. And I was like, I mean, that, I'm going to have to think about that a while cuz that's kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. I don't
1: but, know if I like that.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure either. I guess I'll have to see one, I've yet to see one in person, but that was something definitely different that they that I've ever seen before with a truck.
1: So Yeah. I don't cool. know.
0: What else you got over there?
1: Um, so sticking with the Ford and the Ford Ranger. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Ford Ranger Splash is going to be returning as well. I'm
0: pretty excited about. I
1: know. That, now actually. I have photos of it, and I'll make sure to put them on our podcast page. Thank you. That's so awesome. I know that everybody's like, we can't see it. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys.
0: Just use your imagination.
1: <laughs> well, okay. I'll explain it to you. It kind of looks like a mid-sized truck mm-hmm. once again, yep. but. Whenever it says Ford Ranger Splash, I always imagine, like, the step-up side Mm -hmm. on the the bed. It doesn't have that. So I'm kind of like, I always hate it whenever manufacturers make a vehicle and they're like, oh, it's this vehicle. Mm -hmm. And it's like, wait, the common things that made that vehicle a vehicle are not in the newer model. I don't know. It just always kind of bothered me. You
0: have this expectation that they keep some consistencies Mm -hmm. with that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
1: So... They've got that going on. Uh, they're going to be releasing it in a standard gold color, hmm. which you said that you kind of liked. I did. I, I don't like it. Cool. I think that it's, I don't know, it kind of looks like a puke orange to me. Yeah, you
0: you have that right. It, like, it, for To each their own. You know, that's not for everybody, I suppose. Yeah. You definitely find it in a parking lot, though.
1: Yeah, that's that's a good point right there. And finally, Honda is getting dirty with a new Trail Sport model. I don't know that much about Honda, to be honest.
0: They are—I don't know. I want to say maybe they've kind of been made fun of in the truck market for a while. You know, the Ridgeline is not really a truck, but if you talk to somebody that owns one, it's a truck. Um, It's a it's it's more of a hybrid, I guess, if you will. There, there are some cool things with it. The last one that they put out, it actually had speakers in the bed for the exterior of the truck. Oh, that's kind of neat. Which was a cool idea. So it's not for everybody. If you're like a heavy line construction guy, probably not going to be your bag. But for a lot of just regular... Folks, it would probably fill the bill better than a, you know, an SUV or a car. So what do they talk about this one that they're getting dirty?
1: So it looks like it's going to include protective body cladding.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: believe that's how you pronounce that. Yeah. Unique interior appointments. And then, of course, they're going to have beefed up suspensions, mm-hmm. underbody protection, all-terrain tires, and specifically tuned all-wheel drive systems.
0: I'm excited to hear about the all-wheel drive. One of the kind of... You know, the flack that the Ridgeline got was that a lot of those were only front-wheel drive. And the all-wheel drive, you know, as as to your list, you know, you want something with four-wheel drive – that's very important to a lot of people as far as the capabilities of that rig so i'm excited about one did they have any photos of that one or no they
1: did they did kind of a little teaser oh, a photo. Teaser. so it kind of looks like a square body vehicle wow. kind of an suv style definitely
0: and, a different design than what they have been running for sure yeah
1: and it's got a little bit of dust kicked up around it and they've got their uh, logo that you can see there so that's kind of the imaging that they have
0: i am a honda fan in general their engineering and quality control they're not perfect nobody is me included uh, but i appreciate the de- the 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 uh you know devotion to detail if you will They really put out a refined product, and you usually get uh, many, many trouble-free miles out of their vehicles.
1: I really like how you had mentioned the Ridgeline earlier. I'm reading through this article. Mm -hmm. I didn't fully read through the whole paragraphs Mm -hmm. of it. I just kind of had the highlighted version of it, but I think that this is kind of funny. While the current Passport and Ridgeline were designed with some off-pavement driving in mind, Honda doesn't currently offer any true off-road vehicles in its automobile line up although it makes plenty of them in their motorcycle ATV and UTV segments. Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of funny where you were like it's not really a truck. Yeah. And then Fox News was kind of like <laughs> it's not really a truck.
0: <laughs> they did a little more tactfully than I did, but you know, you got to call a spade a spade if you will. So that um that's great that they're continuing to, you know, refine or come up with some new things. Yeah. What I wish they would come up with and I'm going to actually kind of go backwards from You know, some of this stuff, you know, the old S10 pickups, the Ford Rangers, um, the little Isuzu pup truck, they were what I considered a quarter ton truck. They were no frills, no extras. Some of them, and I'm not saying you don't get power steering and power brakes, but back in the day they did. They were utilitarian, but you could get those little micro trucks for cheap. You know, you could buy some of those back in the day for probably under five grand, maybe 3 grand depending if you went back even into the 80s but you still see some of those driving today the square body S10s the Ford Rangers uh, you know they are still uh dependable the little Isuzu and Mazda trucks um there's a gentleman in Marionville he has had a small Isuzu truck since I was in high school and it was old then and I saw him coming through Republic the other morning while I was on my way to work in that same truck, Nissan. The older Nissans, I'm not really a Nissan fan late, but the older ones, they weren't expensive. And and my only kind of even like hater on any of those is they're going to be thirty grand or more, maybe even mm-hmm. forty grand. Yeah. What about the folks that want a new vehicle? They want the dependability of it. But to your point, you know, they don't need the infotainment system console where, you know, you can E.T. phone home from anywhere in the world. I've had many vehicles with manual windows. Why not give us some options? And maybe there's not enough people out there that want or would purchase those. But why not give us an economy, uh, reasonable priced workhorse? That gets decent fuel mileage, and you can still drive a new truck for, say, under $10,000.
1: I think that would be so fantastic. And I think that there is a lot more people out there that think the way that yep. me and you do um, that don't necessarily and have the the voice that well, we do. Well, and there's no
0: option. There's nobody yeah. to turn to. I know. I would love that if, you know, even under $15,000, you know. Let's see what we can do to be conservative instead of trying to mortgage our next home to pay for a new vehicle. Why not?
1: And I think that it'd be kind of cool if manufacturers listened to what the consumers wanted as well. Because, like, for instance, the other day, my husband and I, we were over kind of by the fairgrounds, Mm -hmm. and they had some of the classic vehicles. And he was commenting on the square body style trucks. He's like, man, those are good looking trucks. And then we saw some of the newer vehicles drive by, and he was like, why don't they make trucks like that anymore?
0: It's a real shame. I don't know. It's a real shame. It, it, listening would be nice. Why not? <laughs> Maybe they'll tune into the show and they'll hear all this. Maybe so.
1: Think? Well, if you have a question or a comment, yeah. or if you're manufacturing and you want to give us an answer to that, you can do so by texting us 417-447-5743. You can also reach out to us on the KSGF Facebook page. Doesn't matter how big or, qu- big or small your question is, we will make sure to get to it. Full show. Sure. Dustin, I hope you have a good yes. weekend. You
0: as well, Miss Sarah.
1: Bye. See ya.